23 Elul, Chaf Gimel Elul, Tzadik, His Conversations, 602. The Rebbe once spoke about the last words of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, as recorded in the Talmud. And not only that, but there are two paths before me, one to the Garden of Eden and one to Gehenim, and I do not know which path they are leading me on. Brachot 28b. The Rebbe said, How could it be that Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai would have been in doubt about whether they were taking him to Gehenim? The great Zadik is indeed taken on the path to Gehenim after his death, so that he can raise up souls from there. This is how the great Zadik serves God even after his death, because even then he labors to raise the fallen souls from where they have fallen and restore them to God. This explains the verse, and it was after the death of Moses the servant of God, Joshua 1.1. Even after his death, Moses was the servant of God, for he still served God after his death and continues to do so even now. He is busy raising the fallen souls to God. Even now, after his death, Moses is engaged in elevating and restoring souls, bringing them to repent and making proselytes. This explains Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai's fears and doubts about whether he was being taken to the Garden of Eden or Gehenim. He suspected they were leading him on the path to Gehenim in order to raise up souls. Rabbi Nassim writes, All this I heard in the Rebbe's name. But with regard to Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, those who heard the Rebbe in person were in doubt about what he meant. Was he implying that Rabbi Yochanan was weeping from fear that they were taking him to the Garden of Eden, which would mean he was not sufficiently great to be able to go to Gehenim and raise up souls from there? This interpretation would seem to be the opposite of the apparent meaning of the Talmud. Alternatively, the Rebbe could have been interpreting the Talmud according to its simple meaning, that Rabbi Yochanan was afraid they might take him to Gehenna in order to raise up souls. Even though he was a great tzaddik, he was still very afraid, and this was why he wept, because it takes tremendous labor, toil, and danger for the tzaddik to go down to Gehenim in order to raise up souls. Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom His Wisdom 308 It is written, What was, that is what will be. There is nothing new under the sun. Ecclesiastes 1.9 Life was difficult even in the good old days. How many years ago did King Solomon write of man, For all his days are painful and vexatious. How many years ago did the book of Job say, Man is born to struggle, a few days and full of trouble? Job 14.1 Scripture wrote about this long ago. Even then, many people thought that times were troublesome, Daniel 9.25, and that one must worry only about his livelihood. These people lost their days and departed from this world without joy or pleasure, 2 Chronicles 21.20. But each generation also had God-fearing men and tzaddikim. They paid no attention to these concerns and escaped the struggles of the world to toil in Torah and devotion. They achieved for themselves and for their children. Happy are they. Even today, you have free will. You have the power to escape from these painful discussions and from worries. You can flee from them and trust in God, abandoning the struggles of this bitter world and involving yourself in the work of Torah. 
God will certainly sustain you. Does he not sustain the entire world now as always? And now God directs the world better than ever the before. Alphabet book. Prayer. A. 45. Giving charity with both hands causes a person's prayers to be heard. 46. While praying, a person should spread out his hands as if he were receiving something. 47. Stealing or embarrassing a fellow Jew prevents a person's prayers from being heard. 48. Shabbat and the new moon are especially beneficial times for elevating prayers. 49. When a person is detained, it is a sign that his prayers are not being accepted. 50. The yearning for God that a person expresses at night makes it easier for him to pray in the morning. 51. A prayer accompanied by tears will be accepted. 52. When asking God for something, mention the merit of your ancestors. Lesson number 78. 1. Even the great tzaddik must sometimes be an ordinary simple man and disengage himself from the Torah and from his lofty levels of perception, since it is also necessary to tend to the needs of the body. If this is so, however, by what does the tzaddik keep himself alive during this time? Isn't the essence of life the Torah? Know, however, that at that time the tzaddik keeps himself alive from that which sustained the world prior to the giving of the Torah. For then too the Torah was certainly in existence, since the Torah is eternal. However, at that time the Torah, which is included within the Ten Commandments, was hidden and concealed within the settlement of the world which was created with the Ten Utterances. At the time that the tzaddik separates himself from the Torah, and is just like an ordinary man, he then receives life and vitality from this dimension of prior to the giving of the Torah that is, from the hidden Torah, and through this he keeps alive all the ordinary people in the world, who are called prostaks, simpletons. For all of the ordinary people, and even the wicked, and even the nations of the world, all receive their vitality and life solely from the Torah, which is the essence of life. But how can this be, seeing that they are far away from the Torah? The answer is that there must be a great ordinary man over them through whom they may all receive vitality. Consequently, the great tzaddik is compelled to descend and to fall into simplicity and to be an ordinary person for some time, and then he keeps himself alive from the hidden Torah. In this way, he also keeps alive all of the simple ordinary people in the world. The closer each person is to holiness and to this tzaddik, the higher level of vitality he receives through him from the hidden Torah. Thus, even someone who is a simple person, for example, if he is unable to study Torah, or if he is in a place where it is impossible for him to study, must nevertheless strengthen himself at that time with the fear of heaven, however he can, since everyone is receiving vitality from the hidden Torah through the great tzaddik who sometimes acts with simplicity. See this lesson in Lakute Moharan for further explanation. 2. Even someone who has fallen greatly, God forbid, and who is sitting in the depths of hell, God forbid, nevertheless, he still has great hope through the great true tzaddik, 
For through this tzaddik, every person can receive vitality from holiness, wherever he may be. Therefore, there is really no such thing as despair. However a person may be, and no matter where he has fallen to, may God save us, as long as he strengthens himself in some way, he still has hope of returning again to God. The main thing is, from the belly of hell I cried out, Jonah 2, 3. For even a cry from the depths of hell is never lost. A person must cry out before God again and again, no matter what, until God looks down from heaven and sees... Rabbi Nachman's stories. Trust in God. Where did you get your food? asked the king. How did you earn money for it? My usual work is to repair things, replied the fixer. But the king made a law that nothing can be given to another to be fixed. So I went and chopped wood until I got enough money for what I needed. After leaving the fixer, the king issued a decree that no one should hire anyone to cut wood. When the man heard this, he was upset, since he had no money. But still, he trusted in God. He walked a while and saw a man cleaning out his stable. Who are you to be cleaning out a stable, he asked. I looked all over, replied the other, and I couldn't find anyone to do it for me. Therefore, I had to do it myself. Let me, replied the fixer, Rebecca's letters, year one, letter number 224, with thanks to God, Wednesday night, Torah reading, Shalach Lecha, 5596, Nemerov. May the Master of Salvation and Consolation comfort my dear son, my heart's delight. The learned and distinguished Rabbi Yitzchak, may he live. With all his children, may they live for many long good years to come. Amen. May it be his will. Just this evening, your learned brother-in-law, Rabbi Yosef, may his light shine, came to my home. He brought me a short letter from you. Then I realized your pain, which is also my pain, that the life of your little daughter, may she rest in peace, has been taken. May her soul have eternal life. I did not have leisure at the time to think about my anguish and to console myself, because I had to talk with him. Then it was time for the afternoon prayers. I understand now, looking back, the bitter lament of your previous letter that I received through Reb Mordechai, may his light shine. I have not yet received the letter in Breslov, as you will hear from the deliverer of this letter. I do not need to offer you the customary words of consolation. You understand for yourself that the whole world goes through this kind of experience. Many have drunk from this bitter cup, God save us, particularly during these times in your community. May God protect them from now on. May the Merciful One replace what they and all His people Israel have lost. May He comfort them and save them with the consolation of Zion and Jerusalem. The primary consolation, though, for all kinds of suffering, God save us, is the knowledge of the Torah and the true tzaddikim, as is written, Psalms 119.50, This is my comfort in my destitution. Your word has given me life. And similarly, there is the explanation of the verse, Isaiah 41, Give comfort, give comfort to my people. The Kuti Maharan 1.21.11 I know very well, my son, that this is really the essence of your lament in your letter, as you express explicitly. For as you should, you cry out bitterly, When will you merit to return to God? 
through all the hints and proclamations that are calling you to draw closer to Him. It is definitely true that a person does need to cry out over this, and to cry out over it every single day. Nonetheless, it is necessary to remember well that the Rebbe of Blessed Memory cautioned us repeatedly to fortify ourselves to be joyful all the time, and to turn all the grief and sighing into joy. Likutei Moharan 2, 23 Particularly at a time of suffering, God forbid. A person must fortify himself all the more not to let the pain overwhelm him, God forbid. Rather, he should console and cheer himself any way he can, and turn all the grief and sighing into joy. Thank God you have plenty to be happy about, even now, though it is impossible to give all the details in writing, especially at such a time as this. Remember and do not forget everything you have heard from me already, and you should know that God's compassion is even greater and stronger and more manifest than that. It is without limit, for His loving kindness is never-ending. I have now a whole beautiful discourse about how a person's main test and the essence of his free will stems from the fact that he does not comprehend his own situation. For if a person were to realize exactly what was happening to him at all times, if he were aware of his actual position at every moment, if a person were to realize how, even now, every single good movement, thought, etc., is so very precious to God, then everyone would certainly be chasing after God with all their might, and they would all be tzaddikim. The fact that this knowledge is obscured is the main test of a person and the essence of his free will. Therefore, the truth is that it is absolutely impossible for a person during his lifetime to accurately evaluate where he stands, as I heard in the Rebbe's name. For it is on this uncertainty that free will depends. But someone who really wants to care about his eternal goal ought to draw strength from just this, and to at least know and understand that he really does not know at all. For God's thoughts are very deep, who knows how very much God cherishes your efforts toward good? Precisely because a person is so far away, his every good effort or move, no matter how slight, is extremely precious to God, especially since our Master, Teacher, and Rebbe of Blessed Memory has already revealed a great deal about this, and his words are alive and enduring, faithful and lovely, forever and ever. There is more that I could say about this, but for several reasons I cannot elaborate about it in writing. See Likuti Halachot Shavuot 2, 12-15 The words of your father, hoping to hear good news from you always, Nasan of Breslov. Greetings to all of our companions with a great letters, year two. About the matter that you wrote, that your in-law should advance the time of the wedding to before the time of the agreement, he already said that it is impossible. He was in my house and excused himself greatly. He said that with God's help, he would make the wedding at the agreed-upon time. Maybe he could advance it to this coming Elul. I think you should come here, without fail, for this coming festival of Shavuot, and then you can finish everything for the best. Also, the fifty rubles which you already remitted is on deposit with me as a surety but the time for payment has come. I don't want to be involved any more, but I don't want to abrogate the deposit until you come yourself and deposit it with whomever you want. For all these reasons, I have nothing more to say. 
Just carry out my aforementioned request to send me whatever money you can from yourself or from others. After that, hasten yourself to prepare to come here for this coming festival of Shavuot. This will be good for you in all respects, physical, spiritual, and financial, and for the good of the couple, may they live. May the Master of Salvation and Consolation console and save you, materially and spiritually, so that you should merit to escape and draw near to God from all your troubles, until everything turns into good. There is much to write on this subject, but neither time nor the page is sufficient. Also, I am hoping that with God's help you will be coming. Then, face to face, we will discuss God's salvation as much as He will laden us with His never-ending kindness and wonders. May we be happy and rejoice in His salvation. The words of your true friend, eternally hoping first for your answer and then to see you soon, enjoy. Nassan of Breslov Warm regards to your whole family, your son, the groom, may he live, and my friend, your father-in-law. He too should send a sum, as I wrote in my previous letter. Greetings to all our dear comrades with great love. Whatever money you collect should only be sent to my son, Rabbi Yitzchak, may he live, in Tolchin. I am also sending this letter to Tolchin to be sure that it reaches you with God's help. Shemot HaTzadikim Rabbi Yisrael Rabbi Ezreal Palitzker Rabbi Yosef Kaminker, Rabbi Nata of Navarich, Rabbi Leib Saras, Rabbi Aaron Kelevavner, the Magid of Slapkevets, Rabbi Yosef Polnar, Rabbi Yaakov Shimshon, Av Beitin of Sheptovka, Rabbi Arya Leibush, Av Beitin of Valtashusk, Rabbi Leib Kohen, Rabbi Sachar Ber, Av Beitin of Zlachov, his son in law, Rabbi Avram Chaim, Rabbi Leib, Av Beitin of Fralaka, Rabbi Yaakov Anpalir, Rabbi Tzvi Anpalir, Rabbi Levi Alanover, Rabbi Mordechai the Chazan of Zeslav, Rabbi Isaac, Av Beitin of Karetz, Rabbi Avraham the Malach, son of the Magid of Mezrich, his son, Rabbi Shalom, Rabbi Gedalia, Av Beitin of Linitz, Rabbi Leib Trastenetzer, Rabbi Avraham Kalisker, Rabbi Avraham Pudelaisher, Rabbi Yechiel Harodner, Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Shmerel, Rabbi Moshe Sofer, Rabbi Yaakov Yitzchak, the Chose of Lublin, Rabbi Moshe Leib, Rabbi Yosef ben Rabbi Michal, his brother Rabbi Mordechai, his brother Rabbi Zev, Rabbi Yitzchak Pshistachivver, Rabbi Chaim Chernavivtser, Rabbi Faivish Zavrazer, Rabbi Hirsch Leib of Alec, Rabbi Aaron of Zitimer, Harav Rabbi Shneir Zalman of Liadi, Rabbi Ephraim, Av Beitin of Skull, his son, Rabbi David, Rabbi Avraham Dov, the Rav of Chmelnik, Rabbi David, Av Beitin of Kartetshiv, Rabbi Mordechai, the Rav of Neshchiz, Rabbi Usher, the Magid Mesharim of Ostraha, Rabbi Avraham Moshe Halevi, author Rabbi of the Magid Prayers 2, Prayer number 54 on the Kutei Moharan 2, 66. Have compassion on us in the merit of the great true tzaddikim, who bore many harsh sufferings and repented fully for the sake of all Jews. The multitude of their sufferings and the great repentance that they engaged in on behalf of the entire Jewish people are capable and worthy of atoning for and granting forgiveness for sins and offenses committed by all Jews from beginning to end. Only you know the great, awesome, and elevated power of the wondrous repentance in which they engaged 
for the sake of all Jews. Because of our many sins at present, and due to our acute weakness, we have no one on whom to rely except them, and the power of their great repentance that they performed on our behalf, since their holy name is called upon us. We rely solely on the merit of their holy names, which are your name that is called upon us, to come to you and ask you to have pity, mercy, and compassion on such a poor and weak generation. Hurry and swiftly uproot, shatter, and nullify all of the decrees that have been issued and those that they intend to promulgate, heaven forbid. Have mercy on the remnant of your nation, the Jewish people, for the sake of your name and the name of the tzaddikim that is called upon us. For you are our king, the king of our fathers, our redeemer, the redeemer of our fathers, our rock, the rock of our salvation, our redeemer and rescuer. Your name is eternal, and we have no other God but you forever. Forty Days of Divine Favor Act for the sake of your name, and sanctify your name. Be with us and help us, so that we will quickly and truly return to you with all our heart. May this be particularly so on the extremely awesome, holy, and imposing days of the month of Elul, Rosh Hashanah, the Ten Days of Repentance, and Yom Kippur. These are forty days of divine favor, during which you were reconciled to Moses and gave him the second tablets. On the last day you were appeased with him fully, and told him joyfully, I have forgiven in accordance with your word, and that day was established as a day of forgiveness and absolution for generations. That is the holy, awesome, exalted, and unique day of the year, Yom Kippur. You did all of this for the sake of your great and holy name that is called upon us. Have compassion on us. Help us and save us, so that we will receive these holy, awesome days with great holiness and purity. May we return to you on these days in true, complete repentance, and truly and wholeheartedly resolve to walk in your ways, fulfill your commandments, and truly engage in your Torah all the days of our lives. May we pray with complete concentration and pour out our hearts like water before the countenance of Hashem. May our eyes pour forth streams of water because of our transgressions, sins, and offenses, and the multitude of our troubles. May we reconcile with you and appease you, so that you will forgive, absolve, and grant atonement for all of the transgressions, sins, and offenses that we committed before you. Uproot, shatter, and nullify all evil decrees against us, both those that have already been decreed and those that they wish to decree, heaven forbid. May your great name be magnified and sanctified through us always. Just as you joyfully told Moses and Yom Kippur, I have forgiven, so may you be reconciled with and appeased by your nation, the Jewish people, on Yom Kippur, and tell them with great joy and gladness, I have forgiven. May your name be magnified forever.